Good afternoon and welcome to the Monday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Manitoba Beef Producers General Manager Carson Callum. Also, we'll get a hog market update from Tyler Fulton. Up first in today's country comment, we'll check in with a farmer in the Ridgeville area and find out how much rain fell over the weekend. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Weekend rainfall amounts varied throughout the province. I caught up with Les Felsch, who farms near the U.S. border in the Emerson area. Our work kind of spread out um, right from Ridgeville all the way to the Red River. What did you guys see over the weekend as far as rain? Yeah, it's quite variable, but the farther east you go, the more, more there is. Uh, I'm right on the edge of the escarpment here on the east side, and uh, we got around four inches four plus a little bit down by the closer to the red it's uh, more like two inches so uh, and in between it's you know plus or minus an inch type thing it's quite variable but no no hail or uh, wind damage what's that going to mean for the crops here i think uh, we've had our drainage or provincial drainage has improved considerably in the last five years here so uh, farther north you go, the last rain they got, so we can send it all that way in a hurry, hopefully. Would you say that it was needed? Was it pretty dry in that area? Or? Oh, we, we needed, uh, an inch would have been nice, but uh, four is a little ex- excessive. As far as seeding, uh, things pretty much wrapped up in that area? Uh, we just finished two days ago, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a challenge putting it in the spring, yep. Crops that are that are coming up, uh, how are they looking, and and is this uh, you know is this weather going to have an impact on them? Uh, hopefully, we don't lose too much by uh, by drowning. Uh, other than that, uh, we should be okay. It's going to be a late, you know, the seeding's a little late this year. Uh, some of the corn is uh, variable in, uh, I guess I would say, emergence, uh, which is not a good thing. And uh, other than that, uh, the wheat's been sprayed already, so uh, that's. That was Ridgeville area farmer Les Felsch. Now let's head out to the southwest part of the province where reporter Barry Lamb spoke with Darren Peters who farms between Boisevane and Minto. Well, we got uh, about three quarters of an inch at the farm and a little bit more going north. Uh, Yeah, it it was, uh, I think it was a good thing. We probably didn't need quite that much, but uh, it uh, germinated some of those seeds that might have been left in the dust. So all in all, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. Where are you at with your seeding? We are 95% done. So we would have finished on Saturday, but we got rained out at about 10.30 in the morning. So uh, it's not a bad spot. We're sitting pretty decent. And how about emergence? Uh, Where are things at? How are things looking? Uh, The cereals have come up quite nicely. I think they look good. Um, Canola, I noticed yesterday, was just poking its head up and starting to see the light. So that's nice. And... uh, and this warm weather we've been having will be great for the beans. Um, warm soil temperatures, they'll be popping through and loving life here shortly, I think. What about uh, with, the, with the pests out there with the, the flea beetles or cutworms, that kind of good stuff? Where, where are you at as far as scouting or any concerns there? Uh, I did have uh, a little bit of crop that I got sown quite a bit earlier than anything else. And I did see a little bit of cutworm damage out there. It hasn't seemed to escalate uh, as far as I have uh, witnessed yet. So 
So um, we're just keeping a close eye. It hasn't become a problem yet. Um, I, like I say, my canola is just starting to come through. So flea beetles, I've seen it on the volunteer crop, but uh, my crop is yet to become to come to the stage where it would be susceptible to them. So I can't comment to that. That was a Boisevain area farmer Darren Peters chatting with Golden West reporter Barry Lamb. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The Canola Council of Canada is reminding farmers to be on the lookout for flea beetles and cutworms. Here's agronomy specialist Angela Brackenreed. We know flea beetles are going to be there. And like last year and the year before, they seem to be feeding quite aggressively um, in certain fields. Some of that is maybe seen to be more aggressive because of the abundance of striped flea beetles that we have. And, you know, our, our um, main seed treatment insecticides that most of our canola uses um, is not as effective uh, towards striped flea beetles as it is crucifer. Brackenreed notes there has been some canola reseeded this spring due to the challenging conditions. And Manitoba Beef Producers is providing an update on pasture regrowth conditions. I chatted with General Manager Carson Callum on Friday. Various conditions, some regions in the province are getting enough moisture and warm weather that their their pasture growth has been all right and cows are already out onto the land. Uh, but then there's other regions across the province similar that, to what we've seen in previous years where the regrowth has just not been very good. It's been quite poor and we're, they're still waiting on a, a good healthy rain to, to get some of this stuff going. Callum says one of the hardest hit regions is in the interlake. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Monday, June 8th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll get a hog market update from Tyler Fulton with Ham's Marketing Services. Joining us now is Tyler Fulton with Ham's Marketing Services to give us an update on the hog markets. Well, we're, we're seeing a recovery in U.S. Um, slaughter levels um, after seeing, you know, roughly a third of the uh, of a cut in in production levels, um, roughly a, a month, yeah, about a month ago. Um, we last week we we pretty much think that the uh, the slaughter levels have recovered to something close to maybe, you know, maybe something within 5% of normal um, slaughter levels, which is absolutely key to, uh, to the direction of, you know, where the market's going to go. Um, to, to re, you know, to, to um, talk about the cause of it, it's, it's again related to the plant shutdowns um, due to, you know, COVID-19 impacting their, their labor force. So we're seeing a, a you know some improvement there, um, but we're still um, we're still impacted by huge uncertainty. We've got cash prices that have completely fallen apart, um, uh, and but on the you know and evidence that I guess carcass values are really coming down from their um, record high levels. Um, because we're seeing this resurgence of um, uh, of production, so tons of of uncertainty, and um, quite simply, still extremely unprofitable prices for hog producers in Western Canada. 
That was Tyler Fulton with Ham's Marketing Services giving us an update on the hog markets. A Saskatchewan grain terminal set a record last week for loading and launching the longest grain train on the Canadian prairies. Glenda Lee Allen Wassler caught up to Monty Riche, the general manager at Southwest Terminal, to talk about how this record-setting event worked from its siding location in southwest Saskatchewan at Antelope, which is located along the number one highway near Gull Lake. Monty, what we wanted to focus in on is, of course, the fact that last week was a a big week for SWG. You loaded one of the longest CP trains from a single elevator. Talk to us a a little bit about this. How did this all come about and how did it go? Yeah, well, it was a pretty big deal for our entire team. It's been something that's been a little bit in the works for the last few months we completed our track expansion back in you know early 2020 back in january february where we now have three tracks that are each approximately 8500 feet so we actually have in grain cars terms we've got enough space to handle you know about 450 cars so we were pretty excited to to see that you know CP was interested in trying to pull the largest train that they could out of a single point uh, single point origination and and send a train off to Thunder Bay and we were pretty excited to have the right commodity mix and the right destination in Thunder Bay and it all came together nicely. So when we're talking about the longest train, how many cars? what was loaded and uh, where was it going? So there was 224 cars all put together. Um, we loaded the whole train of of Durham and it was headed towards Thunder Bay. So it unloaded in Thunder Bay and it took them about, I think it was about two days to get the train there. It's a little bit of a challenge because it's quite a bit longer than the typical train. So when they're passing trains and, and whatnot, there's only so many sidings that they can actually, you know, pull over and, and get to. So it's got to be in major centers that they can pass trains. So it was uh, it was quite the logistics uh, maneuver to get it from, from Antelope, Saskatchewan to Thunder Bay within two days. 224 hopper cars loaded with Durham. How much was that and how long did it take from your end of things? So there's about 22,000 tons and it took us about, we loaded it over a couple days just the way that the cars were pieced in there, but it would have taken us about roughly 24 hours to, to load all 224 cars. Now, we were talking earlier about the fact that you recently did the uh, upgrade for the tracks. Why did you decide to to go with this system versus, say, a loop track that we're hearing about? Yeah, so the one challenge of where we're located, we don't have the... We don't have the land capacity to to do a loop track. Just the fact that we're you know we're we're situated right between the CP main line and the number one highway, we don't have the ability to to build a loop track. So, really, the only way that we could do it was to have um, essentially long ladder tracks. So, we had we had three tracks that we expanded to here five six years ago, and then we you know made the decision to make them longer. Part of CP's plan is to is to get 
bigger trains be more efficient with those bigger trains there's new hopper cars coming that are you know slightly bigger and shorter so we wanted to be you know up there with um you know some of the most efficient elevators on the prairies you definitely see this happening again yeah it's something that we will continue to plan for it's it's not something that will happen every week by any means but um you know through the through the good weather months, you know, and, and moving into Thunder Bay is something that CP typically would uh, would like to do is load those larger trains heading heading eastbound. So we will we will do what we can to participate, but it won't be a common practice. But uh, when the opportunity arises, we'll, we'll be ready to play. Monty Reach is general manager at SWT Southwest Terminal. For Golden West, I'm Glendale Allen Bossler. Thanks, Glenda Lee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Knute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Verified Beef Production Plus webinars are taking place every Tuesday night starting at 7 you can pre-register by emailing verifiedbeefmanitoba at gmail.com. The official Manitoba Hunter Safety Course is now available online. The course is endorsed by the province and Manitoba Wildlife Federation. Visit huntercourse.com to register. On June 9th and June 11th, Keystone Egg Producers is partnering with the province to host a webinar entitled Cultivating Your Way to Burnout. You can register on the CAP website. The webinar takes place June 9th starting at noon and June 11th at 10 a.m. And looking ahead, Keystone Ag Producers is offering another webinar on provincial and federal HR programs for farmers. That'll take place June 16th starting at noon. You can find out more on the CAP website. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Monday afternoon. On Friday, I had a chance to catch up with Manitoba Beef Producers General Manager Carson Callum who gave us an update on pasture conditions. Various conditions, Corey. Uh, I know some regions in the province are getting enough moisture and warm weather that their their pasture growth has been all right and cows are already out on onto the land. Uh, but then there's other regions across the province similar that, to what we've seen in previous years where the regrowth has just not been very good. It's been quite poor and we're they're still waiting on a, a good healthy rain to get some of this stuff going so uh we're we're definitely hoping for rain in those regions uh what what area would that be where they're i guess they're a little bit poorer than than others uh in the inner lake region specifically i know if you look at the the crop report put out by manitoba government uh the regrowth in that inner lake region is quite slow um so definitely rain is needed there even some of the eastern regions as well and and, and parts of in various parts of the northern regions of the province are, and when you get up into that uh, kind of Dauphin area, I think it, it varies. And I think they did get rain in the last number of days. However, it's uh, again um, still needed in some parts of the province. And we're seeing uh, cattle being put out on pasture. Are there areas where that might be a little bit too early, but there's no other choice, or? Well, it all, yeah, I mean, it all depends on that individual operation's available feed, and uh, I know producers are ensuring that their animals are have the proper proper feed that they need before they uh, before they ship them out to say a poor pasture condition. Um, but that will vary from from operation to operation. 
And, you know, I guess just overall, you know, how, how are things going, you know, with COVID-19 and, and the pastures? Just what's what's the mood, I guess, right now with, with producers? Well, I, to me, the, the main mood would be uncertainty. I think that's, that's how the mood I feel within the industry right now. Uh, some positive movements related to COVID-19 with the processing plants and such opening back up and getting up to speed as best as they can. Um, however, we're starting the region, we're starting some regions with dry conditions again, and and folks are uncertain if uh, if they're going to get the rain they need to get that that proper pasture stand to support their animals throughout the summer. So it's we're we're in a bit of a stage of uncertainty. And you know, with these challenging times, are, are we seeing producers, you know, thinking about maybe getting out of the business, or or what are you seeing there? Uh, I'm sure there's producers um, weighing tough decisions, tough decisions moving forward, and uh, and I guess we'll have to we'll have to see because uh, definitely they could have some some tough decisions if if we go into the third year in a row of uh, of poor growing conditions for for good pasture or good uh, forage stands. So I'm sure there's those tough decisions are being com- contemplated right now. That was Carson Callum. He's the general manager with Manitoba Beef Producers. We chatted on Friday. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. It's been a tough spring for some Manitoba canola growers. Angela Brackenreed is with the Canola Council of Canada. So we were just so wet last fall and, uh, and then as a result very, very wet this spring. When you're wet right to the top like that and, and essentially muddy, it just, you don't get great field finish. You get some, um, you know, clumpy kind of lumpiness. And, and it, that's, uh, you know, for those little canola seedlings, it can be a challenge to get through that. Brackenry notes there has been some canola reseeded this spring. She encourages farmers to keep a close eye on cutworms and flea beetles. And many cattle producers are uncertain of what the future may hold. Carson Callum is general manager of Manitoba Beef Producers. I'm sure there's producers um, weighing tough decisions moving forward, and I guess we'll have to we'll have to see because uh, definitely they could have some some tough decisions if if we go into the third year in a row of uh, poor growing conditions for for good pasture or good uh, forage stands. I'm sure there's those tough decisions are being contemplated right now. Callum says on a positive note, the processing plants out west have been wrapping up production over recent weeks. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.